barriers to evangelizing. Of all the barriers to witnessing, fear comes at the top of the list. Now, there is an acronym for the word fear. False evidence appearing real. A few years ago, our home group did a teaching series based on this. Witnessing or evangelizing is something that most Christians struggle with, unless you're a carry. It does not come easy. It doesn't roll off the tongue, so we don't do it. But sharing your testimony should do. Sharing your journey to Christ is personal. It's yours alone. And no one can take it from you. It does not have to be a Damascus Road experience either. I think sometimes we feel that if our journey did not have a bit of sex, drugs, and rock and roll in it, then it's not worth sharing. Please don't think that. Everyone's journey is worth sharing, is worth hearing, is worth telling. So if we realize a little fear within us, we need to break that barrier of fear. We need to seek out what that fear is and overcome it. For some, it might be thinking, I don't know enough. I might do more harm than good. In reality, these people are the ones who have the least to worry about. Why? Because generally, they are the most sensitive when it comes to other people. But here lies the question. How can we possibly place this person in a worse situation? The Bible teaches that people without faith in Christ, people without faith in Jesus are lost. The Bible clearly states that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Another fear that many Christians struggle with is the fear of rejection. How will they respond to my witness? Will they reject my message? Will they reject me even? Now, I am sure there are many other fears out there, but whatever is yours or mine, there is someone who revels in the fact that we struggle to witness. Any guesses who that might be? Satan, the devil. He is in the business to erect walls to prevent us from sharing our faith effectively. You see, he knows how powerful the gospel is, and he knows that people may respond to it, that they may understand the good news of Jesus Christ. So his strategy is to attempt to prevent us sharing the gospel with those who need to hear it. Perhaps another fear is a recognition of the enormous, enormous, why do I always choose words I cannot pronounce? Enormity of the task of witnessing. Yes, we easily talk about the weather, football, or gardening, but the more deeply we feel about something, especially something personal, it can make us sometimes more reluctant to talk about it. Think about it for a minute. What is more important than a person's eternal destiny. Now, we are not responsible for the person's response. But somehow, 
Sometimes we get overwhelmed with the fact that eternal life is at stake here. Someone once said, if we have hesitation in discussing eternal matters, then we don't really understand the magnitude of the issue. Another source of fear that we must, that we must face openly and honestly. Could it be that the focus is on ourselves? But answer this, will I let fear rule my life or will I let Jesus Christ rule my life? Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, they must deny self and take up the cross and follow me. And just as Jesus did, we must serve others rather than ourselves. It should be our daily prayer. What can I do to serve others in Jesus' name? You see, when we put Christ as our focus first, then our focus is on him and not on us. If we are willing to follow his direction, the Lord will show us where and to whom we serve. Now, for several months now, I have questioned whether we should stop collecting food and focus on a different ministry. Many hours and miles are spent weekly. And I've wondered if God was leading us elsewhere. But having been given funding to purchase the fridge that you saw as you came in, which is going back because it's damaged, and the fact that more people are coming my way requiring food, I believe it's something we should still continue until that door closes. In fact, we have some money left, so I'm now even considering whether we get a big freezer as well. So, having identified the reasons why people are fearful, we now need to understand that a certain degree of fear is normal. Fear can help us as it keeps us on our guard. Fear can lead us to pray and have a strong confidence in God, not ourselves. It is only when fear keeps us from action that it becomes a problem. Timothy K. Buger, in his book, Overcoming Walls to Witnessing, says, when confronted by fear in a witnessing situation, we should see our fear as a blinking red light that the Holy Spirit uses to get our attention so he can remind us, Trust in me, trust in me, trust in me. Also, we should recognize that most of our fears are unfounded. Remember I said earlier, false evidence appearing real. Well, our concern over people being hostile towards us is often overstated. Rarely are people hostile, and many non-Christians would willingly engage in a discussion and I don't mean an argument. I think people are more willing than we think they are. Yes, they might seem happy and fulfilled, but they may be hurting inside and trying to make sense of it all. So what we must do is approach someone in a sensitive manner which will react with politeness and interest. However, this fear does not excuse us from our responsibility to witness, even if they respond in a less positive manner. You see, if we wait until fear has gone before we share God's love with others, 
then we will never share. Hugo says, fear will always be with us, but the good news of the Bible is that fear doesn't need to control us. The Bible is full of quotations informing us not to be afraid. John 14, 27, quoting Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. Isaiah 44, verse 8, do not fear or be afraid. In telling us not to be afraid, Jesus informs us that we have a choice. He says, we can choose not to be afraid even in the face of fear. So when we witness to someone, we need to know that Jesus is with us. Psalm 118, verse 6 says, The Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? In fact, throughout Scripture, God has given us many resources to deal with fear. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7 says, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. So the first resource that God has provided is power. Now, power overcomes fear of inadequacy. Therefore, boldness is God-given courage that overcomes fear and produces freedom in sharing the gospel. As believers, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 verse 8 reads, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The problem is, is that we focus on the tactics and forget the power, whereas the tactics are worthless without the power. So we need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you feel inadequate in evangelism? If the answer is yes, I want you to know that's okay. But I also want to tell you that God never intended us to feel inadequate. Scripture tells us that power is perfected in our weakness. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7 says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So if you feel inadequate, great. You are a perfect contender for God's power. And you would not even be alone. For even Paul in 1 Corinthians said that he ministered in weakness and fear and with much trembling. <clears throat> but so would we if there was a chance of being flogged, stoned, or beaten. What Paul realized, that he didn't have it within himself to witness, so he gave himself over to God. And we must do the same, for we need to realize it's not about me failing. It is only when we rely on God that he can use us. Remember Peter, when he tried to rely on his own strength? He denied knowing Jesus when questioned by a servant girl. And a little later in his life, we're in front of the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders, 
and he was ordered not to speak about Jesus. Do you remember what he said? We must obey God rather than man. That is because Peter had learned to rely on God's power rather than his own. As we heard in Acts 4, when Peter and John were arrested and ordered not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus, so they and the other disciples prayed for boldness. As Mike said last week, they didn't pray for safety. They prayed for boldness to enable them to continue sharing in the face of opposition. Why did they pray for boldness? They needed it. Think about it. You don't pray for something you already have. And they received boldness because they prayed for it. A little later in Acts 5, we read of them dragged before the authorities again, where the high priest said, we gave you strict orders not to teach in that name, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. So what did they do? They continued to share about Jesus, even when under the shadow of persecution, because they had prayed and received boldness. Were they fearful? Most likely. But they were more concerned about the lost hearing about Jesus and the message of the gospel than their own safety. As for us, how do we seek boldness? In Acts 4, it tells us three things. Verse 13, we read that boldness comes because of being in contact with Jesus. So as we spend time with him daily, he supplies us the strength and boldness. Verses 29 to 31 shows us that we receive boldness because of our prayers. Verse 31 also advises us that boldness is a byproduct of being filled with the Holy Spirit. God gives us his power to break the barrier of fear. However, there is another resource that God has provided, and that is love. Love is the best remedy to fear. You see, love overcomes our fear of rejection and leads us to forget about our own fears and focus on the needs of others. In 1 John 4, we read, perfect love drives out our fear. Now, this is clearly seen in Paul's ministry when in Thessalonica. We see that Paul here was convinced his message was from God, and that he was concerned about the people he loved the people to whom he was ministering. His purpose was not to serve himself, but to serve others in a spirit of love. And yet there is another resource that God has provided, and that is discipline. And discipline overcomes fear of failure. So we must do three things. First, we must discipline ourselves to learn how to share the gospel. Next, we must spend time in prayer. And then spend time with non-Christians. And this must be achieved in the love of Christ. 
Only then can we reach out to others with full confidence that our Lord is working both in us and through us to bring people to himself. But how do we apply these things? How can power, love, and discipline become a reality in our lives instead of fear? The answer is, we must learn to see things as God sees them. And we can only see things as God does if we resist being conformed to this world and transformed by the renewing of our minds, as Romans 12, 2 tells us. Paul says, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade others. So an attitude of fear is not consistent with the resources God has promised those who follow him. The Christian's response to fear must be faith. But I hear you saying, I feel so inadequate in trying to reach out to others. But God is saying, let me show you my adequacy. In closing, in 2 Corinthians 2, we read that thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads in every place the fragrance that comes with knowing him. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death, and to the other, a fragrance to life. Who is sufficient for these things? A little later we read, not that we are competent of ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. Our competence is from God, who has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not of a letter, but of spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Earlier I mentioned about when you're afraid, looking at that blinking red light within the Holy Spirit, saying, trust in me, trust in me, trust in me. Fear knocked at the door. Faith answered. There was no one there. Amen.